0: Hi, I'm Paul, The Ripples Guy. Welcome to The Ripples Podcast, where we share quick splashes of inspiration and explore how even our smallest actions can have an ongoing impact on our lives, the people we connect with, and the whole world. Are you in? I hope you enjoy this episode, and I hope you enjoy today. Hello, peeps. It's Paul, the Ripples guy. It is April something of 2023, and we are hanging out together. I'm so glad to be with you. Some of you are watching me live here. We've got a bunch of Patreon peeps. If you don't know what Patreon is, it's a website that allows uh, content creators to connect with fans and followers who are willing to pitch in a few money to help support their work. My peeps are so good to me. I have about 200 of them. They help pay for the. They pay cover the costs of sending ripples out to 30,000 people every Monday, activating the quote pond website and the daily Slash website. They throw me extra pennies that allow me to zoom off Ripley goodies to people that email me, just letting me know they're struggling, and they cover the cost of my health insurance, which is fabulous. Um, our topic today. Oh, sorry. Some people are watching us live great some people are watching the replay on youtube thank you for joining us and some people are listening on the podcast stream uh which is the ripples podcast and for people who have to cut out early uh for this you can catch the replay later i'll put be putting the links of everything that i put in there oh and that's a good thing for me to pause here and put in my everyone feed five questions if you joined us late I snuck in at the beginning five questions that are going to be helpful for you to be thinking about and just jot these down as though they were um, a Mad Lib. Who is somebody you like right now? Who is somebody you don't like right now? What's a feeling or mood or emotional state that you would like to have a little more of? And what's a mood you'd like to have a little bit less of in your life? And then finally, what's an exclamation word that you use when you're excited about something? This is about
1: mindfulness. And I I, want to ask you
0: what would it take for you to get all the way here and be with me in this Zoom for the next half hour? I'm going to invite you to take a couple here now breaths if you don't know. A private ritual that I used to do before speaking that turned into part of most presentations is taking a few deep breaths and thinking the word here on the inhale and now on the exhale. We're going to put a little mindfulness twist on it, and I'm going to ask you to take three or four deep breaths, think here on the inhale, now on the exhale, and each time you breathe, I want you to notice and see if you can be a little bit more here and now. What's true for me when I was doing that as a private ritual before I ever told a soul about it was that the first one didn't do much. It was the second one when I thought, oh, what would it be like if I could be really present with this group I'm about to fire up and really focus on this topic? And the third time is when I usually remember, you know what, this is the most important presentation I've ever given. This is the most important group of people I'm about to hang out with because this is what's happening here and now. And last night after we did our Zoomy Zoom and I was talking to some of the peeps, some of them said, you know, it took me a while at first to really get here all the way with you. And once I was here, it was amazing. And they are the ones that told me to tweak the opening to help you really see what you could do to get here. I wanna also show you something really quick. If you could put your hand up in front of you like this and I want you to try an exercise. Imagine if I told you, that there's a little exercise you can do where you just turn your hand like that. And if you do it at the right speed and you do it in the right way, that you would suddenly feel complete calm and be able to concentrate completely. Do a couple of them and just see if it happens. Now, it's not true. I made that up two days ago. I don't know of any magic that you can do to instantly have lots of concentration and calm. This is what made me, I was practicing this speech at four o'clock in the morning on a morning walk that got started too early because I was awake and excited. And I, I realized that one of the things that works against us in presentations like this is that sometimes some part of us comes into a presentation called ripples of mindfulness, cultivating concentration and calm and they think, "Uh, Uncle Paul has a secret. He's figured it out. And when he tells me that secret, I'm going to be able to go back to my desk and boom, have all the concentration and all the calm I need. And that's just probably not how it works. I know it's not how it's going to work with me today. I've got some ideas. I have some techniques to share with you that if you're willing to experiment and implement them, very simple to do, I think can have a can make a substantial difference in your ability to access calm and concentration. But I don't have any secrets. And I need you to remember, Uncle Paul is not a doctor. Uncle Paul is not a therapist. Uncle Paul is not a guru. I'm not a meditation teacher. I'm someone who's giving presentations for 25 years. I've been meditating since I took a course Uh, In Carbondale, when I was a high school student and for a psychology class, we had to go out into the world and take some kind of class or course and bring it back to our class and give a a project, uh, stand up and give a report on it. And I went to the big university in our town, Southern Illinois University, and I took an eight-week mindfulness and stress reduction class that really started me on my path. And I've got some things that I think think you're going to like. Generally, we structure these similar, if you're familiar with the weekly ripples I send out, Pebble Boulder Ponder, we have a little pebble in the emails that's a quote. Well, the pebble here is just a resource that I like to share with you. And this week, everything is related to mindfulness. Um, I'm just going to grab a couple links to paste into the chat. I'm fascinated by, okay, there we go. I'm going to tell you very quickly about a book called Already Free, Buddhism Meets Psychotherapy on the Path to Liberation by Bruce Tift. In the um, show notes and also in the chat window, I put a link to the book and also to a podcast interview that I think gives a great sort of synopsis and allows you to sample. Bruce Tift is a therapist trained in Western developmental psychology and a almost lifelong Buddhist trained in Eastern Buddhism. And he says there's many, many things that are polar opposites of these two things. Developmental psychology says, basically people are broken and we can help fix them if we dive into their past or if we have them try this or if we have them do this. And Buddhism says, we're already whole, we're already connected to everyone else, we just need to realize it. And there's many ways that their approaches are very opposite. And what Bruce says is that's exactly why it's fantastic to use both of them. And he sort of pendulates between these in his practice as a psychologist. And the two things I want to pull from his book that I think are useful is one is the idea that mindfulness, awareness involves us being a little meta. We want to live, we want to go to the movie and enjoy the movie of life, but we also want to be aware that we're in a movie. And going meta, if you aren't familiar with that term, if you and I go see a movie and we talk about the movie afterwards, that's a little bit going meta above it. But if we then at the end of our chat about the movie, I said to you, hey, can we have a talk about how our talk was? And we talked about the conversation we had about the movie. That's going meta another level. And then if the next day you emailed me and said, hey, I wanted to let you know something about that talk we had about the talk that's going meta even more. And there's a little bit of um, a paradox about being in the moment, but also being above the moment to recognize that we're in the moment. When you're taking off in an airplane and there's a storm, there's this part that's really turbulent and yucky and the rain is awful. And then you get above the clouds and then it's so calm. And one of the ways we're gonna play around with this is how can you be in the storm and then pop up and remember there's, there's a place above the storm without necessarily leaving the storm. Uh, and I wanted to make sure that we covered that. And um, this quote that he had in the, in, the, uh, in the podcast interview, life isn't a problem to solve. Life is a process that we can participate in. And that's closer to where I think we're trying, trying to get. The boulder, which in our weekly ripples is a little bit longer of a quote, is, and in here, it's an activity that I'm using either personally or professionally. And I'm borrowing something from Bruce Tiff's book that I turned into my own activity that I don't even know if Bruce would approve. Yes, he's a Buddhist. He would say it's all good. Uh, But it is a, he has something called the stages of dissolving internal divisions. And I put a link in the Chat window. I don't know why I'm having trouble saying chat window today. That is this document. And I'm going to tell you quickly that basically, this is a, a stage theory about how we can embrace feelings that we have inside or events that are happening outside of us that we might normally try to ignore or that we, or we find really unpleasant. And he said that there's these stages of dissolving the division between us and that negative emotion. And so if I ask you right now to look at your sheet, what's a emotion that you'd like to have a little bit less of? And I ask you to just hold that in your head and say, if you happen to be feeling that right now, can you recognize, Hey, I'm feeling that right now. If you're there, the next one up is, can you tolerate? Are you willing? Instead of saying, I need this to be gone. Can I just tolerate having this right now? And if you got there, the next one is, can you accept that that is part of the human experience, your human experience right now? This is this is in my life. This is in my experience. And if you get there, is there anything you could do to actually like that? It's here. Maybe not. I want it to stick around forever, um, but maybe it's got something to teach me. Maybe there's some upside to this. Um, maybe it's going to help me teach how to stay in the present moment. If you can get there. Can you actually welcome it? I am so glad you're here. Come on in, stay as long as you need to stay. If you can get there, can you commit and say, all right, let's hang out till we learn everything we're supposed to learn from each other. And then the last one is, can you love it? And there's a Stephen Colbert question that I brought up a couple Zoomy Zooms ago that I just love. He was, Stephen Colbert lost his dad and brother at uh, when Stephen was age 10. He was talking to Anderson Cooper, who lost his dad at nine or 10, and whose older brother died by suicide um, when he was 21 and had just recently lost his mom, Gloria Vanderbilt. And they were having a conversation on Anderson's podcast. And Stephen Colbert said, one of the things, uh, one of the questions I ask people is, can you learn to love the thing that you wish would never, had never happened?
1: Can you learn to love the thing that you wish
0: had never happened? And he says, that's different than being glad it happened. It it is not, I'm glad it happened. It's since it happened. Can I find a way to love it? And some days, for some things, the answer is no, and that's okay. What I like about this is it gives us some tools to say, where am I at right now? And maybe what would it be like if I could go one up? As we dive into our ponder, I want to tell you that for me, mindfulness, there's three questions we're going to try to answer in the next 15 minutes. What is mindfulness? Why is it useful? And how do you do it? And we've already explored a couple activities. We're going to keep doing that some more. If I ask you right now to take a couple deep breaths, actually, you know what I'm going to do? This was an activity my friend Pidge gave me. I'm going to put a minute on the clock, and I'm going to ask you to sit in a comfortable position. I usually put my hands on my knees, and I'm going to ask you to just breathe regularly. Don't try to breathe in a certain way. Just breathe regularly and use your fingers to count how many breaths you do in a minute. Again, you're not trying to fast breathe, slow breathe, just breathe regularly, eyes open or closed. On your mark, get set. and stop. If you feel comfortable, could you put your number in the chat window? Again, there's no race. There's no right or wrong. It just helps to have a sense. A lot of people are in, I would say the 10 to 13 range. Some people are going to be lower. It's okay. Hey, if you lost track, yippee, celebrate that. That's fantastic. Oh, 19. Okay. Eight. So wherever it is, it's fine. My friend Pidge taught me this as a simple way for you to learn. And you might want to do it a couple of times so that you can test and find out what your number is and, and, and average it a little bit. But then if you need a minute of calm in your life to get centered and you want to do some here now, instead of looking at a watch, you could just stop and you could count 10 breaths and you could know that you're spending less than a minute. Because I promise you, if I would have told you to take, to take deep breaths, uh, t- or sorry, to take 10 breaths at your natural pace, And then I would have asked you, how long did that seem to be? Most of us would say it was two minutes or three minutes. And really taking 10, 12, 14, 15 breaths is only 60 seconds and it can make a difference. Mindfulness is simply described by a lot of people as being present in the moment without judgment. So it's present moment without judgment, being here, being now and not judging what is going on, or what it's like for you. A lot of mindfulness uh, definitions that I think are really target at a word awareness. It's the awareness that comes from being present in this moment without judgment. And again, it's that little added of what is going on right now, as soon as you become aware, as soon as you can say what you're feeling, you're not just feeling it, you're aware that you're feeling it. Who are you listening to right now? What are you doing right now? As soon as you can answer that question, you're aware. And the idea is to be here with it and also be aware of it. Why is this important? Well, there's tons of physical and mental health benefits that have been studied. Um, and I, I separate out and talk about physical health and mental health, even though many people think here in Western medicine, one of the best things we can do is stop talking about those two separate things because they're so related. But in terms of managing blood pressure, diabetes, um, heart rate, stress, there's so many physical benefits that mindfulness-based practices uh, can have an impact. Mental health anxiety, depression, um all kinds of mood what they call mood disorders. Um we're going to have new words for those soon, I feel. Um uh, there is substantial evidence and there's a particular model that Jon Kabat-Zinn developed called MBSR, mindfulness-based stress reduction. That's an 8-week course. He originally developed it for his cardiac patients, pretty soon people with AIDS, cancer survivors, uh, it just kept growing out. And lots of hospitals where there's lots of sick people that are also research institutions have started using MBSR and 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 they're able to test it. And it turns out, not only does it help people feel better, they, they report lower pain numbers, it often actually changes um, health outcomes. I would also add concentration and calm as two things that people... Uh, come to mindfulness activities for and it is worth thinking about concentration and calm as as uh, positive potential positive outcomes I'll tell you what I think the the most valuable outcome for me of mindfulness is enjoying the present moment more is just being here I think I've been meditating a lot. Meditation is one form of mindfulness. Some people confuse those terms. Some people use them interchangeably. And I, I frankly think that's just fine. A lot of people make the distinction, mindfulness is a state we're trying to get into. Meditation is one activity that you can use to cultivate mindfulness. And the more we do it, the more we just enjoy the moment. And today it goes better when I start with a little mindfulness, when I infuse some breaths into my day. Um, The the final outcome that I would say it's worth pursuing, there's a muscle that we build in mindfulness and meditation called equanimity. And some of you know that I love the Calm app. Jeff Warren is a meditation teacher. He's also on the 10% Happier app of um, Dan Harris's. And he's got a, he and Dan wrote a book together, a Meditation for Fidgety Skeptics. Fantastic guy. Equanimity. I don't know if you've heard the word or not. I kind of sorted, but I didn't know what it was. He defines it simply as inner smoothness. And I like that simple de- definition. Uh, but it's the idea of easygoingness, of, of being prepared to say, I'm going to be calm, even if things happen that I wish they didn't. The if you Google the term mental calmness, composure, evenness of temper. And it says, especially in a difficult situation. I would say, even in a difficult situation. And I'll tell you one of the reasons I end up beating myself up after a presentation so hard after 25 years of doing this and, you know, being pretty good at it, getting paid good money for it. And I'm still pretty, pretty hard on myself afterwards. And it was just a few months ago that I realized the problem is is that I had this idea of how it might go, how it could go, the fantasy. And when you're mentally practicing a speech at four o'clock in the morning, it can go fabulously. It's never going to actually go flawlessly in real life. And the problem is, is no matter how good it goes, I was comparing it to something that wasn't good. And one of the best personal growth things I've had is I started this presentation going, this is not gonna go perfectly. Some spamming, spammerton may show up and spam us. The, w- w- we've got a tornado watch. My power might go out in the middle of it. I can handle this. And so I've been building my equanimity muscle. And if you say that in advance, before you sit down to meditate and you know distractions are gonna come, we're gonna talk about distractions. Um, You know distractions are coming, it's a little bit easier to handle them. Um, so how do we do mindfulness? Well, we've already been doing it. We've tried different. I will tell you that breath work, breath is one of calm's best friends. And I don't mean calm the app. I mean, you're calm. And, and the really fascinating reason why breath is one of calm's best friend is because it's easy to find. It kind of travels with us everywhere we go. It's easy to become conscious of our breathing. And because it's, it, it is an automatic thing that we also have influence on, we can play around with it a little bit. But one of the cool things, and forgive me, remember, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a science person. I was a psych major. I don't have a lot of science in my background. But there's all these neural pathways that communicate between our mind and our body. Yes. And I had always assumed until two weeks ago that the highways are interstates, two-way highways. And I found out that they're not, they're a bunch of one way. Some things go from body to brain, some things go from brain to body. And it's not a 50-50 split. That 80, uh, the, the article I read suggested that 80% of these highways go from the body to the brain and only 20 percent go from brain to body. So if we're trying to influence our state, one of the fastest way to do that, because we know Our thinking affects our feelings, affects our behavior. Our mind affects our body, affects our spirit. And it's all very interrelated. And we can do things at any point to influence the others. But if we know we got an easier end that carries with us, let's take advantage of that. And those couple here now breaths, they make a difference. The other um, activity that we were doing last night that was so much fun. Well, let me tell you. So here now is the one that I came up with personally that I use. And I'm not the only one that here now that's, you know, there's a book, there's tons of people here now. I don't mean here now, trademark Paul Wesselman. No. Uh, But I was using it for myself for many years. It's now kind of my thing. These stickers came up and they're a thing. Um, But I've got a couple other here that I use sometimes. Uh, Inhale, calm, exhale, stress. Inhale, confidence.
1: Exhale, doubt.
0: Inhale, I have a strong body. Exhale, I, my mind is at peace. My mind, my body is strong. My mind is at peace. Another breathing activity that you may have heard about is to activate your parasympathetic system. Again, not a science person. I will tell you we have two systems. One charges us up. One helps us relax. And I'm going to not try to help you understand the names because they're confusing. The sympathetic system and the parasympathetic system, this is what you remember. The one that starts with S, that's the stress system. And the one that starts with P, that's the peaceful system. So the sympathetic system gets us fired up, ready to fight, flight, freeze, um, or there's a fourth F we use now. And the parasympathetic helps us calm down after we have been activated. And one of the great easy ways to activate our parasympathetic system is to just breathe. But have you go from the same amount of inhale and exhale length to doing twice as long exhale. So if you just inhale and you count your beats, so you see how long you, you inhale. I went to four and then you exhale for eight counts. It's a very easy. I I do four and eight, but again, it doesn't really matter the count. It's just that you try to double it. And here's what I know: I usually very instinctively now, when my call app tells me to take a couple deep breaths when I start, um, uh, when I start meditation before when I sit down to watch a TV show, Jamie will also often hear me. It it sounds like a sigh if you do it because the 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 instruction is often to breathe in through your nose and out through your mouth. And some variations even have you exhale even harder and faster. The research about it, this breathing technique, activating the parasympathetic system is actually to do it for five minutes. So it's not some, a couple, I I notice all the time, a couple breaths makes a difference. But if you'd like to play around with it, I'd encourage you to try to do it for, um, for, for five minutes and see how that goes. Um, where time is going, I want to talk about the distractions that come up. Several of you mentioned you were counting breaths and you, and you lost, and we need to talk about distractions. And I'll tell you right now, I'm distracted because it says halfway um, through our time, we're going to go over. I just made an executive decision about five, seven minutes. We can survive it. If you need to go wave and come get the rest of it later, but I want to teach you another very quick meditation or mindfulness activity that is a based on a loving-kindness meditation that I taught you all. I invented this one two days ago and I kind of like it. Earlier, I asked you, who's somebody you like? Who's somebody you don't like right now? And what's a feeling you would like to have more of? If you didn't remember that, that was the part of the instructions we were brainstorming. Somebody you like, somebody you don't like, and a feeling you'd like to have more. Here is the world's quickest loving-kindness meditation. Whatever that feeling or state you'd like to have more of, Really quickly, just wish some towards the person you like right
1: now. The person that you don't like right now, if you can, send them some of the same. Just wish, wish for them that feeling. And then finally, wish it for yourself too.
0: Just send some towards yourself. Say, may I have some of that too? Mind loving kindness, mindfulness is a little bit longer, but you know what? There's quick ones too. And I like I, that I came up with. So I could teach you a bunch of techniques in a short amount of time. And I've been doing it everywhere. And let me tell you for the annoying person who charged me extra dollars when I said, to Mm-mm, I wished him some peace. It was, it just, it, it, it it's cut, it's cutting down my, how long I have to be mad at people the last couple of days. I love it. Um, mindful chores choosing a chore or activity you do regularly for me on Wednesdays when I shower in the morning it's generally my mindful shower day and it's I shampoo I'm with my shampoo when I'm shampooing I smell it I love it I I remember that I love tea tree oil I do the same with my conditioner and if and when I shave on on Wednesdays which today I did while I'm shaving, I'm not thinking about the day. I'm not thinking about anything else. I'm saying this shave, not so I can look good. This shave, this process, it's the most important activity in the world. I'm just gonna shave really slowly. It takes me probably about 17 seconds longer than it normally does. And it's a very different experience. Pick an activity. If you want, pick an activity that chore sure you don't like doing that much. I'm gonna take the trash out now. I hate this, it stinks. All right, I'm gonna be super mindful. This is the most important trash I've ever taken out. I need to be with this trash. Concentrate. All right. We need to move towards distractions. Distractions happen. They stink. When you sit down to, to meditate, a meditation is often focused on your breath, focus on a mantra. Your mind wanders. And then, usually, what happens is you do this go back to your breath. The goal with meditation and with mindfulness activities is when you get distracted to notice awareness and to come back. To what you were trying to focus on without judgment. And that's the biggest part that most of us who try to get better at mindfulness is we we just beat ourselves up. <clears throat> I have a solution. I'm so excited about this. I Dan Harris was on interviewing somebody, I don't remember, on his podcast, and he talked about the word amaho uh, is a word his teacher, his meditation teacher gave him. That when you catch yourself distracted to say a which is, yay, this is a good thing, to, to say it's a good thing and to come back. I changed that, and I came up with an exclamation. Do you remember, if you're old like me, when Yahoo was advertising on TV left and right? Yahoo! That is my exclamation that I use when I realize that I'm, I'm distracted. And it feels at first a little fake because I'm not excited that I got distracted. I'm pissed. I'm mad. But then actually since last night, when I taught this last night, I was thinking about it afterwards and I realized I'm not trying to convince myself to be excited that I got distracted. What I'm yahooing is the awareness because the minute that you're aware you're distracted, you're no longer a distracted person. You're a person who's aware that you're distracted and you can come back. And that's worth getting excited about. Because even though I'm up to 100 days, just shy of 100 days in a row of meditating, and I purposely broke my 571-day streak on December 31st, so I could start over at January 1st with a new streak, I get distracted all the time, constantly. I do 30-minute sits. Um, Now, not every day. I I do. I do probably three, 10 minutes a week and four and four or five 30 minute sets and I distract. But I'll tell you what's happening that's different is instead of going. I'm like this. And I'm and the the irony is the paradox is that if you want to have fewer distractions when you're working, when you're meditating, when you're enjoying dinner with a friend. You have to not only be okay that you get distracted, you have to embrace them as opportunities to, to increase your awareness. And then again, the paradox, if you can live with paradox, the more you're okay, I got distracted. That's great. You'll have less of them. Time is ticking. And I want to be careful that I know people have busy times. Um, let's. I'm going to take a look at my notes real quick before we wrap up. Yes, we did all the things that we need to do. The other thing that you can do with this list is when you think about distractions. This uh, Distractions. Can I recognize that it's distracted? Can I tolerate that I'm going to get distracted? Okay, then can I accept it? Can I like it? Can I welcome the distractions? Can I even commit to the fact that I'm a distractible person? Can I love it even though I don't want to be a distractible person? And play around with it and see what happens. Our time goes so fast. I'm I'm glancing at my list. And the only thing that I really wanted to have um, mentioned is Martha Beck, somebody who I listened to her podcast. I just happened to catch something she said a couple of weeks ago, that when you're lost in an emotion or an experience that you really don't like, her trick is to remember to find me. When you're trying to find yourself, when you're lost in an emotion or an experience that you don't like at all, the, the trick to finding me is to remember the acronym ME, M-E. M is mindfulness. So just becoming aware in the moment and then activating your equanimity muscle and saying, all right, inner smoothness. This is the unpleasant experience. I can handle an unexpected experience. I can recognize that it's unpleasant. Can I tolerate it? Can I accept it? How high up can I go in in, in this to dissolve the division between me and this feeling or me and this experience. And again, it's not about being glad that you're getting robbed at gunpoint. It's not about being glad that you're having a flashback to something awful. It's about saying, how can I be aware? How can I find me? How can I be aware in the present with this thing that's going on? And how can I activate my equanimity? It's okay that things aren't gonna be flawless right now to help you access the resources to keep going and to keep growing um, through that process. I am okay that we are a little bit long and that it's time for me to wrap up at this time. I can tell you this, uh, I'm gonna turn off the the recording here in a little bit and I'm gonna be waving goodbye to uh, the people who joined us as guests today. The peeps and I have a little bit of business that we're gonna attend to. But before we do that, actually, let me say to end the recording, thank you so much for attending this and or watching this later and or um, listening to the recording. I will see you next time.